My name is Dean Proctor, and welcome to today's episode of the What Is This? podcast. In late 2019, I came into possession of several thousand 45 RPM records from the 1950s to 1980s. In excitedly pulling them from the boxes to examine them, and having been a music fan for my whole life, many of these artists and their records were familiar to me. At other times, though, I found myself, after putting one on a record player, asking, what is this? This podcast, focusing on rare records and odd audio from my own collection, complete with their pops, crackles, and Q-burn intact, is an attempt to answer that question. What is this? Just a couple of weeks ago, on May 9th, 2020, the death of Richard Wayne Penniman was announced to the world. And maybe that's not a name that many people would recognize in and of itself, but they would certainly know his voice. Little Richard passed away earlier this month at the age of 87, leaving behind a career in music that was seven decades long. And as it relates to rock and roll, he was known as the original, the innovator, the architect of rock and roll. And that saw him inducted, from what I could determine, into 11 different halls of fame, including the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland, Ohio. This is episode 14 of the What Is This podcast. And on this podcast, I try to focus as much as I can on rare records and odd audio, and not necessarily on the biographies of artists so much. And Little Richard's biography is among the most colorful, most extreme, and in some ways, most controversial. But I'm going to leave that to others to explore. This is about the legacy of music left behind and that happens to be sitting among my own personal record collection. So for the next few minutes, we're going to hear a handful of clips from my record collection as we examine the music of the late Little Richard. In keeping with the theme of this podcast, we're going to start with a release that I personally found odd within Little Richard's discography. It's found on the VJ record label, one of at least 13 different record labels that he recorded with over his career. And this one came out in 1965. Now, to my ears, this doesn't sound like a Little Richard song at all, at least not the way we're used to hearing him. When I first came across this single, I saw that it was Little Richard, so I had an assumption of how it would sound. But once it was on my turntable, it made me wonder, for a Little Richard song, what is this? Where you belong. 
Little Richard recorded for the VJ label over just a 12-month period, starting in June of 1964. And in a number of those sessions, he was joined by a young guitarist named Jimi Hendrix. Now, I couldn't determine if that song we just heard called Crossover was one of those songs. And it's not that it's in any way a poorly done song. It's obvious Little Richard was trying to move in a different musical direction because, to my ears, well, it's a long way from this. That unmistakable voice, the hammering piano keys, the high falsetto notes throughout, that's the sound that Little Richard is best known for, starting from his earliest recordings. That's Long Tall Sally. It's from March of 1956 when he was recording with Specialty Records, with whom he would have many of the hits that he's today famous for. He was only with Specialty for two years, from 1955 to 1957, but during that time he churned out great song after great song. In fact, the B-side of Long Tall Sally, when it was released on Specialty, was this song. Slippin' and a Slidin' by Little Richard became connected with yet another rock and roll pioneer and was discovered on a reel-to-reel in his apartment after his death. Here's Buddy Holly's take on that Little Richard song. Slippin' and a slidin', peepin' and a hidin', been told a long time ago, ho, 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 slippin' and a slidin', and while we're talking about Buddy Holly, as with many unfinished recordings discovered after his 1959 death, producer Norman Petty took them, added some background vocals and some instrumentation, in this case by the group The Fireballs, and released in 1962 a version that sounded like this. As he was wont to do, 
Petty continued to reconfigure Buddy Holly songs in an effort to cash in. And in 1968, he tackled Slippin' and Slidin' one more time. And it's interesting that that wasn't the only Little Richard song that Buddy Holly did. Having heard the originator's version of this song, Well, it's Saturday night and I just got paid. Pull up my money, don't try to save. My heart say go, go. Have time for Saturday night and I'm feeling fine. I'm on a rock it up. I'm on a rip it up. I'm on a shake it up. Go ball it up. I'm on a rock it up. And ball tonight. Holly then recorded his own version. As he had done with Rip It Up, Holly obviously appreciated this song. And so, once again, recorded his own version. This is his take on Ready Teddy. Ready, set, go, man, go. I got a gal I love so I'm ready. Ready, ready, Teddy, I'm ready. Ready, Teddy, I'm ready. Ready, ready, Teddy, I'm ready, ready, Teddy, too. Rock and roll on the flat top, catching out the dungaree doll. I'm headed for the gym to the sock hop ball. Jones are really jumping, the cats are going wild. Music really sends me ideas, great styles, I'm ready. Also being influenced by Little Richard at roughly the same time as Buddy Holly were two brothers who recently had signed to Warner Brothers Records, and in 1960, they released this Little Richard song as a B-side to their hit So Sad to Watch Good Love Go Bad. Here are the Everleys. February 1964 is remembered as the time when the music world was knocked on its ear by the arrival of Beatlemania. 
Indeed, the world experienced what history dubbed the British Invasion, as literally dozens of acts from the UK came to North America and changed the course of music forever as a result. And there's naturally lots of talk within the music industry of just how much and in what ways the Beatles influenced the music world. Bruce Springsteen, for example, often tells a story of watching the Beatles on their first appearance on The Ed Sullivan Show and thinking to himself, well, that looks like a pretty good job. But it's equally important to remember who it was that influenced the Beatles. Their early albums answer that question sufficiently with cover versions of Motown hits, and their second North American album, which for some strange reason in the U.S. was called The Beatles' second album, but in Canada was called The Beatles' Long Tall Sally. I'm gonna tell it, If you're a regular listener to this podcast, you'll note that I purposely left out the Pat Boone version of Tutti Frutti, which was heard in episode three, because that was clearly far less about inspiration and influence as it was for Buddy Holly and the Everly Brothers and the Beatles than it was about bleaching out great music to appeal to a white audience. But you can check out that episode, episode three, for my full thoughts on that practice. As recently as 1986, Little Richard was still finding his way onto the charts, though admittedly not as high as in his early career. But it was in that year that he eked into the top 50 with a song from the soundtrack to the movie Down and Out in Beverly Hills. The song itself was co-written by keyboardist Billy Preston of Will It Go Round in Circles fame, and it's a classic Little Richard sound. That's Richard Wayne Penniman, Little Richard, the architect of rock and roll, the originator, the innovator. He left behind a genre of music that he wasn't just a participant within. He was a foundational creator of it. Elvis might have been dubbed the king of rock and roll, but I have to wonder what rock and roll would have become, if anything at all, were it not for the musical innovation of Little Richard. What Is This is a podcast focusing on rare records and odd audio from my own collection of 45 RPM records. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing it with your own social media circles and encouraging others to subscribe. If you have any questions or comments about today's episode, or any episode for that matter, email me at deanproctor at gmail.com. That's Dean with an E. And until next time, thanks for listening.